This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. This is the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, episode 83. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, everybody? My name is Brent. I am the jazz musician behind the website LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog and a podcast all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. I'm really excited you're here, and I appreciate you coming to hang out with me today. As always, special welcome to those who are listening uh, for the first time, and also for those who are regular listeners, you guys keep this thing going round, and I appreciate you so much, and I'm really excited to serve you on today's episode 83, which is uh, all about a special, simple exercise that actually helps us improve three different things all at the same time. Time feel, rhythmic feel, and our technique. And I think it's a great exercise. And the reason I'm inspired to teach this today is because of a call I received on our podcast questions hotline. We'll listen to that in a second and discuss it. Um, But I'm excited to teach you this today. I think this is one of those episodes where you can just have one takeaway to, to practice, to work on this week. You know, I know a lot of times with these episodes, you know, sometimes there's a lot of information in each. There's, there's a lot of meat to it and uh, just a lot packed in there. But today is one of those episodes where you can just listen to it and, and it's, you know, really get the idea of it and actually go and take something with you to actually work on this week. So, you know, not being distracted by too many things. So I think this is a value-packed episode just for that reason. Now, it's been such a big week in Learn Jazz Standards. Uh, I mean, you guys know that if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that this last Thursday, uh, October 5th, we relaunched our new ear training course, How to Play What You Hear. Um, and it's been so exciting just to see all the new students coming into this course, and I'm already getting such great feedback from them. So it's just been a very exciting time, and uh, I appreciate all of you who st- stuck around for ear training month last month and listened to that. And uh, so just one more extend, I'm not going to talk much about this course because I know that you guys have heard way too much about this course. So don't worry, don't start panicking and uh, looking for the the stop button on your player. Uh, But if you'd like to go check out this course, go to howtoplaywhatyouhear.com. You can check out that ear training course there. All right, now let's listen to this call that I got in from the podcast questions hotline. Hi, Brent. Love the show. I've been listening for uh, some time. Great technical information and also really good psychological and emotional tips. Uh, my question is, as a newer-ish uh, jazzer, my question has to do with speed, playing the speed. I can get a fairly decent solo that sounds pretty good, like just playing myself, but in no way does it sound like the pros that, that I'll see it on stage or even on YouTube, uh, and that has to do often with uh, speed and that rhythmical speed, and I don't even mean Charlie Parker or Coltrane-style speed, just sort of pro speed. So my question is, how do you how do you make that leap from 
yes, getting the basic understanding of the what notes to be able to play over that particular chord and progression to really being doing that with um, a lot more speed and accuracy. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Bye. All right, unknown caller. I missed your name there, but we're going to unpack your question today, and that's going to, we're going to base our entire episode off your question. Now, if you're wondering, by the way, anybody else is listening, how did unknown caller call in and ask a question on the podcast questions hotline? Well, the podcast questions hotline is a place where you can ask a jazz question if you think it might help other people and not just yourself, and you think it could be a worthy question that we could feature on the show. You can go ahead and do that by calling... 910-LJS-CAST, or that's 910-557-2278. could be answered on a future podcast episode. For those of you who have called and left one, you know, hang in there. We eventually get to all these questions, so feel free to ask away. All right, let's dig in to today's show. All right, so let's get today's question. Remember, you can find the show notes today at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 83. That's episode 83. I'll have uh, today's exercise that goes along with this episode outlined there for you and any other information that might be important to this episode. So let's just recap our caller's question today. Essentially, you know, he's a newer jazzer. You know, he's kind of new to the music, uh, according to him, but he's, he's able to construct a reasonable solo, uh, which means that he has an idea of how to navigate chords and chord changes and stuff like that. But he's just wondering how to go to that next level. And it sounds to me that that his analysis here is that speed, uh, when he's listening to other jazz musicians, that speed is a, a big factor, or maybe rhythmic or technical speed is a factor in what's holding him back from being able to accomplish this stuff. And while I do think that the caller's uh, right in some ways, um, I think there's some other sides missing here that we need to address. You know, what makes uh, the jazz musicians that are, you know, some of the best jazz musicians of the world or the best jazz musicians that have existed in history, what, what's made them so great? Well, first of all, number one, just an incredible command of the jazz language, right? So uh, obviously here we're talking about, uh, you know, we talk about this all the time on the podcast, you know, listening to jazz and learning solos by ear and, and all these different elements that create a great improviser, just knowing these things, knowing how to express this language. But this other side here is really has a lot to do with general music ability and general ability on your particular instrument. So the, the three elements that I think really can make a solid player, as long as they're coupled with a great you know, knowledge of the jazz language is number one, a great time feel. Time feel is really huge. You know, if you listen to any of these musicians, they have an insane time feel. They can feel the time. They can go on the back of the beat. They can go on the front of the beat. They can go straight on the beat. You know, they're able to play over bar lines. You know, they're able to express their ideas freely because they have such confidence in the time and feeling the time. So time feel is number one. That's a really important aspect. And the second aspect is rhythm, like rhythmic freedom, able to express uh, different subdivisions on their instrument, able to, again, play over bars and, you know, split up their phrases into into different rhythms. And so they have this control of rhythm uh, that's uh, really important. 
And the third one is technique, right? And I think this is kind of more the side that our caller was focusing on today is just this ability on the instrument to be able to express things at maybe faster speeds or or just even more difficult passages seamlessly, right? And so I don't want to give too much advice today specifically on technique because I actually think technique is probably the least important of the ones that I just mentioned as far as jazz language, as far as time feel, as far as rhythmic control. I think technique, while it is important, is is the least important. Now, there are certain things on your instrument that you should be aware of, and that's partially why I don't want to give specific advice. You know, I'm, I'm primarily a guitar player here, but, you know, a trumpet player, for example, your teacher might tell you, okay, Big part of technique is working on long tones every single day. Well, that for me as a guitar player, I don't have to do that at all. And a piano player might have something different, a bass player, a drummer, a vocalist, you know, all these all these different approaches to the technique that you need to work on. So I highly suggest if you're taking lessons from a teacher to ask your teacher specifically what technique specific to the instrument you're learning, you need to be working on. There are a lot of other things you can be doing, though, of course, like patterns and um, working on scales in patternistic ways and different things like that. Those are important things to do. But when you can combine all these things together and try to put them into more musical situations, I think that's a great place to start to try to develop some of these things. So I, I do, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, I do have an exercise that I want to demonstrate for you. I'm going to be playing examples for you. Uh, and, and this particular exercise combines all of these different skills together, uh, particularly the technical side. It works that technical side. It helps you develop technique because you're working on rhythms, okay? And I'll explain that in a second. We're basically going through all the different subdivisions of the rhythms that we can and working on them. And the second thing is time feel because we're going to be going over all these subdivisions in time. And you'll, you'll see what I mean in a second. And so it really is working all these different muscles uh, and more and more. I'll talk about that as we go along. So this is how the exercise goes. Essentially, there's two versions of this. There's one for you know people that maybe aren't so great at navigating chord changes yet. And I'll talk about that one last. And then there's picking a jazz standard that you know really well. Like don't pick one that's hard for you or one that you're not familiar with. You pick a jazz standard. And essentially what we're going to do is you're going to be going through this jazz standard uh, playing different subdivisions. And, and let's dive into that really quickly. Now, I would suggest rather than using a backing track uh, that you do a metronome on beats two and four. Okay, that, that's really if you really want to build up your time feel really strong and really uh, have this together, I would suggest that, and that's how I usually practice. Today, I'm actually going to be using a backing track because I think that it's going to serve more people better to be able to hear the context of what I'm playing in. So I'm going to be using a backing track for this. But um, I would say, you know, while both are fine, it's great to start with maybe just beats two and four on your metronome or if you're not very strong if you're really a beginner with time feel it's okay to have that click on every single beat too but ultimately the default that i like to go for with a metronome is on beats two and four so i'm going to pick a jazz standard today and the jazz standard i'm going to pick is all the things you are it's kind of like my test dummy song for everything i just i know that song really well and i think it's easy for me to demonstrate things on it so the first thing i'm going to do is i'm going to go through this entire song the entire form and I'm going to play only half notes, okay? So two beats each. I'm, I'm, just, I'm going to be improvising melodies 
that are only half notes over this entire song within the time. This is quite challenging, but let me just play through it and then I'll talk about it. So here we go. Okay, so do you see how that works? We were just playing half notes throughout the entire form. Pretty simple, right? Not Seemingly not too difficult. At the same time, it actually, if you try it yourself, it requires a lot of restraint not to play more than just half notes. You really have to stick to it. And so while this does develop your time feel here, and it really de- develops this, this sense of where's the time as far as half notes go. It's almost like you're, I mean, if you're a bass player, this is totally natural. If you're not, you know, it's kind of like you're playing halftime feel. But you're creating melodies on the spot only using half notes, which I think is a great exercise in it of itself. And, you know, it's not about if it sounds really hip or really awesome or not. That's beside the point of this exercise. In fact, you would never actually play this way. Um, And continuing on to the next subdivision we're about to go over, you would not improvise this way. But again, that's what an exercise is all about, right? It's about putting up uh, restraints, about putting up borders for yourself to hone in on specific things that you want to work on. In this case, time, feel, rhythm, and technique. Okay, so the next step you may have guessed it already, is we're going to play quarter notes throughout the entire form of whatever jazz standard you've chosen. So I'm going to go ahead and demonstrate that for you.
All right, so that that makes sense, right? It's pretty straightforward. Now, if you're an experienced bass player in jazz, right now you're rocking this, right? Because like half notes, quarter notes, like that's your jam. Like that's what you do. So, I mean, you're rocking this. Maybe for others, it might not be quite so much uh, the same way. So great restraint, right? I mean, just really focusing on really locking in those quarter notes with the time and really just focusing on on only quarter notes you know again don't don't accidentally start playing eighth notes don't accidentally start playing it no you have to focus on only playing quarter notes and i want to point something out here really quickly and this goes back to our caller's quest, our caller's question and it's about accuracy in technique you may have noticed if you're paying close attention i actually flubbed a note there actually i may have flubbed a couple of notes where i just sort of accidentally missed the quarter note I was trying to play a note, but I sort of missed it. Well, that that's definitely a guitar thing, right? My right hand didn't lock up with my left hand. That's a great example of how, like, even something as basic as quarter notes. Like, I mean, just because it's a quarter note, just because the speed isn't fast, just because, you know, you're not playing a lot of notes doesn't mean that you don't need to work on your accuracy. So I hope that's a great lesson just in and of itself is... Man, even quarter notes. We got to work on quarter notes. We got to work on half notes. Make sure we have those together. All right, let's go on to the next one. Now, the next one. Now, a lot of, you could do this. You could go um, quarter note triplets. Uh, we're gonna skip over that. That one is pretty tough. Okay, we're gonna go straight to eighth notes. Okay, so now I'm only gonna play eighth notes. Uh, this is for me. It starts getting a little bit tougher because you're just playing this continuous stream. So. And again, it's not how you would normally play in a playing situation, right? This is an exercise. So let's listen to this. I'm going to play uh, eighth notes over top of the form now. Yeah, so that was way harder, at least for me, and I'm sure it will be for you too. Now, eighth notes are important, right? Because eighth notes are uh, really a common subdivision used in jazz. Like you have to really have your eighth notes down. And so, you know, if I if I go back and listen, re-listen to that again, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to hear some areas where I could probably tighten up my eighth notes. It's really difficult to play long streams of eighth notes like that and not switch it up not leave some space. It really takes a lot of focus. And this is where someone, uh, if you're listening right now and you're like, whoa, Brent, I mean, that's cool and all, but that's way above my head because I can't even play changes like that. Because, you know, to play eighth notes continuously, you really have to have an idea of how to navigate chord changes. You know, you have to know 
you know, what notes to be hitting, how to outline these chords and connect them together, right? I mean, that's really important to be able to do this. So don't worry, I'm going to be going over a simplified version of this exercise in a second. So stay tuned for that. For now, hang in there with me. Now, things aren't going to get any easier. They're going to get a little bit tougher. Now we're going to move on to eighth note triplets, okay? So if if eighth notes was tricky, <laughs> which they are, now this is going to be a little more tricky because, and this is where that technique starts coming into, you know, really locking in those triplets. Um, so let's try this out. I'm going to play triplets over top of uh, all the things you are. Oh, and quickly, in case this is a completely new thing for you, if you're not really uh, familiar with like what a triplet is, just in case this is you, you know, if the time is one, two, three, four, the triplet is one, two, three, four, triplet, 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 triplet. Okay, so here we go. God, that was hard. Uh, so yeah, that's way more difficult, you know, and it almost sounds a little ridiculous, right? Um, but but that's besides the point. It, the point is, is that you're able to sustain those triplets. And, you know, even though I, I flubbed a few times there, I'm sure you can forgive me for that. Um, you know, that's the whole idea of it is to really hone in on trying to keep that subdivision going, a constant stream of notes, man, it's really working my technique. It's really working, you know, my listening skills, really listening. And of course, you know, again, this, this level of like playing the changes and like actually coming up with, you know, lines and, and trying to create melodies, man, I mean, you could work on that forever, trying to create creative melodies out of playing straight triplets. You know, I wouldn't play that way, but that's such a great exercise. Like I'm working so many different levels of my musicianship by doing this. Now, the next level would be to do um, 16th notes. Now, at this speed, I, I personally can't do it. I could probably do it for like four bars and then I'd probably just peter out on it. So, you know, and that's another thing I want to point out here is like, you don't have to do things at this speed. You can slow this down as much as you'd like. So if those triplets are just like, that's impossible, I can't do that then just slow it down. Just slow down the tempo in general. You know, you don't have to go near as fast as I'm going. Um, so you, know, you could do 16th notes. I really think though that uh, half notes, quarter notes, eighth notes, and, and eighth note triplets, those are like kind of the main ones. I would say focus on those ones because those are kind of the ones that you're really going to encounter a lot in your playing. So those ones I would definitely want to work on. Now, one other thing you can do with this is to, instead of 
playing one subdivision over the entire form, right? That's pretty taxing. That's pretty difficult, as you've probably just heard. What you can do is switch every every four bars, okay? I mean, that adds a level of thinking to it, but it's a good practice. So, for example, the first four bars, you would do just half notes. And then the second set of four bars, you would do quarter notes. And then you do eighth notes, and you do eighth note triplets. Let me show you what I mean really quick, um, just so you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. Okay, so you just keep going on and on with that pattern. And so the benefit of, of doing it this way, of switching back and forth between the subdivisions like this, is that it's constantly checking your time feel, making sure you have the time locked in. Because if you noticed, when I switched from half time, uh, rather half notes to quarter notes, you probably felt the difference in the time, right? The time felt different suddenly. When we switched from quarter notes to eighth notes, the time really probably felt different. And then of course, when we did triplets, that was even more uh, extreme. So everything feels different and you have to check yourself. Am I rushing? Am I dragging? All these different things are going to come into play when you start doing this exercise. Now, of course, this exercise is not a good exercise for leaving space in your in your solos and all this stuff. And again, I've, I've said it a million times in this episode, really, this is already, but this is not how you play in a, in a playing situation. It's just an exercise that's going to help you work on your time, your rhythm, and your time feel. Okay, now let's get to uh, the aspect of this for those who have been listening so far, but they're like, oh man, I, this sounds great, Brent, but I just don't really have my playing together with, you know, playing over chord changes yet. You know, I'm kind of new at this. I'm trying to get started on this. And that's great. I want you to keep working on that, but you can still practice this exercise without doing that. And you can simply do this by playing free. Okay. Just by simply playing free. What I mean by free is not play esoteric or play avant-garde or anything like that. I mean, it can be, but you're simply just playing whatever you want to play. Um, now again, set this up with a metronome, uh, but it's going to sound something like this.
All right, you get the idea. So just playing free, playing whatever you want and going through that with a metronome and just playing different subdivisions. And in this particular case, I didn't play a certain number of bars. I kind of just went with my feeling when I wanted to switch to the next one. That's where you really start feeling, uh, again, like especially where, you know, how well is your time in place, right? Like am I rushing? Am I dragging? That that can really help. And again, if you need to put the, the metronome on every single beat, that can be helpful if you're uh, just getting started out with this. So to kind of sum up all of this together, you know, as far as when you hear the great jazz musicians playing, yeah, they've got that jazz language down. Yeah, a lot of times they do have good technique on their instrument, but a lot of it comes down to time feel and rhythm. And this exercise really kind of combines time feel, rhythm and technique all into one. So go ahead, get out there. I want you to just practice this this week. Give this a try. Start at a slow tempo and just put this to work today, whether it be just playing free or whether it be actually playing over a particular jazz standard. I know that you can get a lot of benefit out of this exercise. I do every single time I work on it. All right, everybody, that's all for today's show. I want to thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Again, you can find the show notes on learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 83. I have this exercise outlined for you there if you just want to see it in writing. And can I ask you a favor? If you enjoyed this show today, go to iTunes, leave a rating and review. You can also leave a rating and review on any podcast listening Uh, platform that you use, but go to iTunes, leave a rating or review that helps other people find this podcast. And you know, everything that we do on this podcast, it's 100% free for you. This is just an easy way to give back is by leaving us a rating and review. So I really appreciate you going out and doing that. Now, next week, we're going to have episode 84 on the LGS podcast. I look forward to seeing you back then. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.